Welcome to the Heart for the World Church Sermon Podcast. It is our desire that you will be greatly encouraged as Pastor Dale Walker and others bring a fresh word from God directly to your heart. Be blessed. If you'd like to look at your outline in a, called a series called Genius, Unleashing the Genius of God that's inside of you. He didn't talk till he was four years old, and he didn't start to read until he was seven. One of his teachers labeled him mentally slow, unsociable, and filled with foolish dreams. This person you know as Albert Einstein. (laughs) He's too stupid to learn anything, some said of this young boy. His name was Thomas Edison. He possesses minimal football knowledge and lacks motivation, an expert said of a beginning coach named Vince Lombardi. He went bankrupt several times and was fired by the editor of a local newspaper because he wasn't creative enough. His name was Walt Disney. He failed the sixth grade and experienced a lifetime of setbacks and defeats. Finally, as a senior citizen, Winston Churchill became the prime minister of England. (laughs) Now, what's you have in common with these that I just spoke of is that there is undiscovered genius in you that maybe you don't even see in yourself. I I had a word today for this message that I felt like the Lord was telling me. Tell them you are underestimated and highly favored. Could you say that with me? I am underestimated and I am highly favored. Look at somebody say, you are underestimated and you are highly favored. We want to share today how if you can come to a belief in how God sees you, genius will be released. If you can move beyond, well, I'm just a whatever, fill the blank. I was just a C student or or I'm just a, a college dropout or I'm... You know, I'm just a retired person. I am just a a very tired uh, teacher. I am just a stay-at-home. I don't care what it is. But if you can today say, no, I am a child of God. I am highly favored. I have the mind of Christ. I have within me, the Bible says, the divine nature. I have promises that, as I claim, will release the very nature of God to be seen by the world around us. What is the problem is that when we see ourselves, unfortunately, most of us see ourselves through people's eyes or our own mistaken view. Many of us get our identity going to school as little kids And you remember, we sit around and we compare ourselves with others. How many many people like me? How many people like me? None compared to them. You remember the smartest kid in the school? I remember. Oh, man, Jonathan, I looked at him. He's so smart. I'll never be that smart. I beat him up later. That's another story. That's my old life. Never mind. Uh, Or that most beautiful person. Most handsome guy, doggone it. I don't measure up for that super athlete. Oh man, there was this guy named Greg Brown in sixth grade. 
I was so jealous of him. Star flipper, I'll never. And all of a sudden, we start to put a price tag on us. Highly unlikely to succeed. And it gets reinforced every time we fail and mess up and someone criticizes us and condemns us. But what I want to tell you today, all of that can change when you refuse to keep seeing yourself through your own eyes or people's eyes and you begin to see yourself through God's eyes. The message today is the more we see ourselves the way God sees us and believe about ourselves what God believes about us, the more we'll see the genius and power of God flow through us. And uh, one of talk about this from the angle of a guy in the Old Testament named Gideon. So if you'd like to look in, in Judges 6, 11. Uh, Judges 6, 11 through 14. Then the angel of the Lord came and sat beneath the great tree at, at Ophrah, which belonged to Joash of the clan of Ebiezer. Gideon, son of Joash, was threshing wheat at the bottom of a wine press to hide the grain from the Midianites. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, mighty hero, somebody say, mighty hero. <laughs> the Lord is with you. Uh, can we go on? Do we have more? Uh, okay. Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. Then the Lord turned to him. Okay, then Sir Gideon replied, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Anybody ever ask that question? <laughs> if the Lord is with us, why is all this happening? And where are all the miracles our ancestors told us about? How many know that doesn't sound like a mighty hero to me? Didn't they say the Lord brought us out of Egypt, but now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the Midianites? Then the Lord turned to him and said, go with the strength that you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I am sending you. Now, the, the little backdrop is Gideon is actually hiding in a cellar because he's afraid of these enemies, the, the Midianites. He is completely a complainer at this moment. Why did this happen to me? Uh, he is completely defeated. In fact, the next verse, if we were to go on, he says, you, you can't be talking about me, God. I'm the least of my tribe. God, on a scale of zero to 10, I am a zero. Uh, God, I'm the runt of the litter. I'm the, of all my family, I'm the black sheep. I'm the most unlikely to succeed. And God says, I know, and you're perfect for what I got in mind. How many know God sees you completely different than anyone sees you? You see you as you are. God sees you as he designed you to be before the foundation of the world. God sees you as a finished project, not a work in progress. And some of us got a lot of work to make progress. I, I kind of picture it this way. Our identity is like a puzzle, and I, I thought I'd find a cool puzzle, but all I could find is beach buddies. But you'll get the point. How many know the, the picture on the front of the box looks different than what's inside of the box? Some of you, when you look at yourself, you kind of see a mess, right? 
There's, there's a lot of stuff going on in this box. Yeah, that looks like me. God says, that's not what I see. I see this amazing picture on the front. You are a mighty hero. And you know when things are going to change? When you see you like I see you. You know, God, it says he doesn't judge us according to our sins, but according to his mercy. Isn't that amazing? Somebody say, thank you, God. <laughs> he, he doesn't look for how qualified we are. He looks at us from the standpoint, not of what we've done or others done to us, but what Jesus did for us. And he made us righteous. And he calls us daughter and son of the most high God. But the key point I want you to see here is that when God wants to use someone in a great way, first he speaks to their identity. Haven't you noticed that all through the Bible? Mary, you are highly favored. Jesus, you're my beloved son. Jacob, you're not a, you're not a crook. Your name is Israel. Abram, you are Abraham. You are a father of many nations. Well, I don't have any kids. I don't care. I see what you don't see right now. And until we agree with God, we fall short of what he wants us to be. Our identity, I tell you, is the foundation of everything. You never rise above it. You never accomplish more. Proverbs 23, 7 says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. As you see yourself, that's the story that you live out every day. It all begins, the roots of your life are not what you do, what people see, but how you see you. Steve Bachman says, there's two most important questions you will ever answer in your life. The first one is one Jesus asked, who do, you, who do you say that I am? So the number one question in life is, who do you say Jesus is? I mean, that's pretty important, right? That decides if you get in heaven or not. <laughs> is Jesus the son of God? Is he Lord? Or is he a good person? Well, you better figure that one out. But number two, the second most important question, who am I? Who do I say? Let me ask you this. Who do you think you are? It's the most important question you'll ever answer. It'll affect everything about you, how high you go, where you go. And most people believe all kinds of wrong things and live their life far beneath who God says they are. Remember those 12 spies in the Old Testament? God brings children of Israel out of Egypt. They are supposed to go to this incredible promised land. And they get right up to the banks and, and Joshua, uh, Moses sends in 12 spies. Just check out the land and they come back to, oh man, it's awesome. Uh, there are grapes this big, and, you know, and it's awesome. And, and uh, you know, of course, Caleb is saying, and we are well able to overcome. After all, God says we are overcomers. And yet 10 spies tell the others, whoa, 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 there's giants in the land. 
And then they, they say this very interesting thing. And they said, we were like grasshoppers in their eyes. Now, wait, wait, just to say, when did they hear those giants say, those guys are grass? You know, I mean, did they go on social media and they say, oh, one giant said, those guys are just a bunch of grasshoppers. No. How many of you know the giants didn't tell them anything? They were talking to themselves. I am just a grasshopper. And guess what happened? They didn't go into the land and they died in the wilderness, selling themselves way short. See, your identity is your worth. It's how much do you bet on what God can do in your life? Do you bet? I bet God could change a whole school through me. <laughs> or you do bet. I pray. I bet God can't even use me. Okay. You're setting some bar. Here's some important truths about identity. Your identity is more important than your ability. Your ability to make a difference won't rise above your identity. I like to say it this way. You can't soar like an eagle if you think like a chicken. <laughs> All right, tell somebody this week, quit thinking like a chicken. All right. Or you can just do back, 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 something like that. I don't know. But you heard the story about this little eaglet. that Some got mixed up in the hen pen and the chicken pen and thought it was a chicken and it, you know, ate grain and it tried to do the chicken thing. And, and it was really lousy at being a chicken. And one day it sees this soaring eagle and it starts to tell another hen in the, in the chicken coop, I don't know, but I feel moved by that. Something's happening inside of me. And the hen says, oh, come on, man. You're not a chicken. Go look in the mirror. And the little eaglet goes and looks in the water and says, oh, my gosh. Something comes over. And it, next time that eagle flies by, it says, I believe I can fly. <laughs> and it begins to soar. Are you soaring or are you sitting? Are you soaring? Are you seething? Are you soaring? Are you quitting? All it depends on how you see who you are, who God says you are. Number one truth about strong identity. When you have a strong identity, you stop being controlled by what's on the outside and begin to believe what you're capable to do and be on the inside. When you live with a weak identity, you, you, you're always asking somebody else's opinion. You're always wondering, well, what do they think I can do? And how do I feel? And are the circumstances right? Can I win the lottery? And, and it's always out here. But when you know who you are, you don't even care out here because you know what you're becoming in here. I, I, I heard an interesting story about this fellow who's the director of marketing for all of Frito-Lay, his name was Richard uh, Montañas. And uh, what's so interesting about Richard is he was from Mexico, grew up in a labor camp in, in California, never got much education. And, uh, you know, literally started at the very bottom, but decided he would become a janitor. They had an opening at Frito-Lay. But the good news was, Richard came from a home of faith. And especially his parents and his dad 
spoke into his life, said, hey, Richard, the Matanyas family is a family of excellence. You, you, you're, you're an eagle, man. And, and then I love what he said in his story. He says, hey, when you mop those floors down there at Frito-Lay, you make sure you mop them in a way that anyone who walks on those floors will know that a Montanus has mopped these floors. And so he had this esteem and, 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 and it opened up genius. And one day he has this thought. The thought was, anybody ever heard of flaming hot Cheetos? And this little thought comes, hey man, Frito-Lay, if you really want to get the, you know, the Latino market, you got to spice it up. And he just has this thought. He's the janitor. But genius is inside of him. Somehow he gets an appointment with the CEO and the rest is history. And he becomes right to the top. Now, I just want to say this because if I were to tell you my story, and I'm not going to, but of all the miracles I've ever experienced from God and all the healings I've ever had, by far the most important healing and miracle that I've ever had was the healing of my identity. I've had so many outward miracles and so many even physical healings, but none of them are as important as this. I grew up for whatever reason, with the spirit of rejection. And I won't go into it, but in sixth grade, I couldn't even read out loud in front of my sixth grade class. I was incredibly insecure. Now, if someone would have looked at me and had any kind of sense, they would have asked the question, um, does this kid have the ability to grow up and find a, a good wife and have a family and and be a pastor or something. Most people would say, yeah, he has the ability, but that is never the issue. The issue was, does he have the identity? And the answer was absolutely not. That identity would have led me, you know, I'm, I'm worthless. I would have married someone who thought the same way and I would have lived a life of brokenness. But I met Jesus and I, I, I can tell you, I began to see the eagle. I began to look in the word. And it didn't all just happen overnight. But this awareness of who I was. I remember the day, I can tell you what great it was and everything. Before I had always wondered, who likes me? Who likes me? Not very many. <laughs> And one day I just knew I am super likable. And I never thought about who liked me anymore because I had all kinds of people like me. At least I thought everybody liked me. What happened? A switch. I know I am very worthy of love. They would be so blessed to know me. It just happened. I remember the day where I was this thinking that I'm just a sinner. I don't think I'll ever be good enough to be a Christian. I had some religious baggage, but I can tell you the day when I understood grace. It was so powerful. No, you're not a sinner trying to overcome sin and someday earn your way to heaven. No, you are righteous by the blood of Jesus. You are a righteous saint who is overcoming sin every day. 
And, and it just struck in my life. I remember I read a verse that Jesus loved righteousness and hated iniquity. And deep in my heart, I said, oh yeah, that's who I am. I love righteousness. I hate iniquity. It's not like, oh, I better not sin. I sure want to go watch, look at that pornography. No, it wasn't that at all. Oh, I hate that stuff because I love righteousness. Oh, that's who I am. And, and this shift turned. And, and when, when I felt I was supposed to speak, it was like, no, I am not a public speaker. No, I am a, just a simple person, but God chose me. He called me to this. He puts his anointing on me. It's not me. I didn't earn it. It's not out of my brain. I am not smart enough, but God has called me. He has anointed me to preach the gospel. And when I open my mouth, God's word's coming out. That's who I am. And I remember getting tested. I First time, I'm just a kid, and my dad asked me to preach at their church. It was a big church. I'd never spoken on a stage like that, so I'm getting ready to get up there and preach. Some guy out of the blue comes up to me, and he, and he asks, he says, where's your father? I said, oh, he's not here today. He asked me to preach. And the guy goes, oh, no, I'm leaving. And I'm standing there like, well, this is a great way to start my ministry. And I'm just kind of there, Lord, bless him, bless him with a brick or a flat tire. No, I don't. Uh, I'm just trying to shake that and get my whole thing together. And all of a sudden, the Lord just speaks to me. He says, you know, I'm testing you, whether you want to survive or not. Here's what I want to know. Does people's opinion of you matter as much as my opinion of you? And if you want to do what I've called you, you need to have a low opinion of your opinion, of people's opinion, so you can have a high opinion of my opinion. <laughs> Amen. I know that you have opinion, but I am someone who lives by God's opinion. Now, why is that so important? How many know the more successful you get, the more haters you're going to have, right? <laughs> Let's just check out the social media. And there comes a day, you just doesn't bother you. Why? Because I know what my father thinks of me. And there's a strength in that. The Bible says the righteous, someone who knows they're righteous, they fall down seven times, they get up again. They can overcome failure and criticism, rejection and disappointment in their lives. That's something that happens to them, but that's not who they are. They can fail a hundred times, but they say, I, I still know that I'm a winner. Like the little kid who is, uh, who is pitching in, in, in first inning in Little League, he got behind 20 to nothing. And he comes to the dugout and everybody's so depressed. He says, hey guys, it's okay, it's okay. He said, dude, we're, we're behind by 21. So he said, yeah, but I haven't got up to bat yet. You know, whatever. <laughs> that there is a, a confidence that doesn't come from even your logic. It comes because the father told you, you're my beloved son. You're my amazing daughter. And everywhere you put your hand, I will prosper. You will always be the head and never the tail. You will be on top. You'll never be on the bottom because I have a covenant with you. And if I am for you, who can be against you? That's what it is to have an identity. Second point, we, we miss identity because we look for identity in the wrong places. 
The Bible has an interesting word for a false identity. It's called idolatry. You see, your worth and value, you're going to find it somewhere. But many people look at, at the wrong thing, riches, beauty, fame, power, money. And those things give you a false identity. As long as you have them, I'm the stuff, you know. And then maybe you get older, you lose your title, and your life collapses. We just talked to a friend who watched the Elvis movie, and I, you know, I didn't go yet, but I just know the whole idea. Elvis on the outside had everything to give him a great identity, right? You're the greatest rock and roll, uh, you know, you're, you're so handsome, you know, you're so rich. And yet, somewhere in that whole process, he lost himself. See, it doesn't, if, if, your, if your identity is in this world, the day will come where your joy, your, your meaning is shattered. And Jesus taught us, if you build your house on a sand, it'll fall. But if you build your house on me, if you let Jesus Christ be the center, let him be the picture, let him be the focus, the, the prize of your life and say, God, serving you is everything. Can I, can I tell you, when you make Jesus your identity, you know what that means? You don't just give up the, the bad stuff about you. You even give up what you think is good about you. Remember Paul said, though I was the Pharisee of Pharisees, I counted garbage because I only want to have an identity that's in him. My worth is not, well, I'm a good person and I got a good education. Can I tell you, that's not going to last. My identity is Jesus died for me. He's my savior. He's my father. He's my Lord. You remember the rich young ruler comes to Jesus. Now, you want to talk about identity. How many can guess what that guy's identity was? He was the rich, young ruler. You know what Jesus says? Unless you forsake all of that and take up your cross, you can't be my disciple. You can't find your identity in any of those things because they will all fail. Someday you won't be young and you won't be rich and you won't be a ruler. But if your identity is in me, it'll never change. A third idea is we have, if we have significant people around us, affirming our identity. If we affirm others' identity, we will become more secure. The rest of the story, and I'd love for you to read it, but right after God tells Gideon, you're this mighty hero, Gideon goes and he starts pulling down the strongholds of Baal. And that's another sermon, but how many know if you want your identity, you're gonna have to go get rid of all your family idols, all of the strongholds. How many, I want you to understand this. Identity is far more than a person. It's a family. You remember Joshua? As for me and my house, we serve the Lord. Oh, I don't, can't tell you how many times I try to tell my kids that. This is not something we do. Go to church. This is who we are. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. And so, Gideon starts throwing down, you know, big old bales there, and he kicks them down, breaks them up. 
And all the people freak out and they come and they want to kill Gideon. But his dad, Joash, stands up for him. He says, are you going to defend Baal? If he's God, let him take care of him. He says, my son just showed who, who God of heaven is. In fact, the father renames Gideon to Jerubal. You know what it means? I, I can get deep, but, but my simple translation means Baal crusher. <laughs> the, the idol, you know, warrior. <laughs> can, can I tell you how much that meant to Gideon? Can, can I tell you that if you're going to have the right identity, you need people speak, you need people to encourage you, and you need to be encouraging others. That's why we have life groups. We call identity out of each other. No one has their identity secure by themselves. Can I just cry out to you parents and grandparents, your number one job is to farm the identity of your children. Water it. You cannot speak identity enough. I mean, some people give compliments like it's costing them something. Oh, I, you know, I have to say it again. Come on, you can afford it. Hi, mighty warrior. Good morning, brilliant. Good morning, treasure. Can I tell you, especially dads, the power of your words and your children? To say to your daughters, you are worthy of being pursued. You never have to settle for a fixer-upper, man. You are so gorgeous. You are so right, honey. You are worthy of someone pursuing you to the ends of the earth. You are a treasure. And that's why in this church, we need to have families and spiritual mothers and fathers every day walk back to those kids and say, hey, champion, Hey, mighty hero, build, the Bible says, build each other up. What is it talking about? Build their identity. Just keep building another brick on their identity so they can live to their full potential. And then lastly, the more you walk in your identity, the more you become transformed in every area of your life. Now, this is so huge, could I, could I get this one, two verses? I mean, the first one is Romans 12, 2. And I'll quote it because it's very familiar. It says, don't be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. Somebody say transformed. transformed. By the renewing of your mind, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Now that word transform is so beautiful. It's a metamorphosis. You've heard the whole thing of the caterpillar. Can I tell you, you know what, what it is to go in the word and see who it says you are in Christ? It's the caterpillar going into the cocoon so it can come out the butterfly. <laughs> when you go into the word, okay, let's read this other verse. 2 Corinthians 3.18. 2 Corinthians 3.18. It says, but we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being metamorphosized into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. What's the mirror? The mirror is the Word of God. When you look at the Word, the Bible, oh, please, how many of you look in the physical mirror at least once a day? <laughs> 
you think, boy, it's kind of important to make sure I don't got some weird coming out of my nose or something. Uh, do you think it's important to look into the spiritual mirror every day? Who, who, who am I? I? I can forget who I am in that flat of a second. But if I look in his word and I behold it, look at me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Look at me. I have the mind of Christ. Look at me. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Look at me. The spirit of the Lord is on me. He's anointed me to bring good news to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom to captives. Whoa. And the Bible says, from the inside out, you become a butterfly. <laughs> from the inside out. You see, you don't change by saying, I gotta be good enough so I can have favor. No, you've gotta know you have favor so you can eventually be good enough. You have to deeply enter. Notice this word in Proverbs 23, 7. As a man thinks where? In his heart. It doesn't say as someone has an opinion in their brain. <laughs> no, this has to go a lot deeper than your brain. The Bible says meditate on the word of God day and night. Then you will be prosperous and you will have success in all that you do. You have to think in your heart. God I am metabolizing the word of the Lord today. Just like a cow chews its cud. I'm, I'm just walking around all day declaring to myself, I am more than a conqueror through Christ who loves me. What am I doing? I'm just metabolizing this. I am highly favored. No weapon formed against me will prosper. And everything that I touch will be blessed of the Lord. See, I'm thinking in my heart. I'm rewiring my belief system. I'm, I'm lifting the lid of what could be possible through my life simply by agreeing with God in what he says. I'm letting him change my beliefs so I can become what he says I can become. Every day, I'm that little eaglet staring at that eagle, Jesus Jesus, you're amazing and you're in me. It's no longer I who live. It's Christ who lives in me. All of a sudden, hey, I think I can fly because I've been gazing on him. How do you unleash your identity? I mentioned first, let Jesus be the center of it. He says in, in Matthew 10, 38, whoever does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for my sake We'll find it. God, I don't, I don't know what I was. I don't care what people think of I, I, I let. I'm going to nail all that to the cross because I want to know what you think about me. I, I'm not going to lower my mind. You see, it, it's not just that I was so good. No, I don't even care because a lot of my goodness was just pride. My goodness is just Jesus Christ in me. My righteousness my identity, my value. What's your power? Jesus in me. What's your future? Jesus in me. <laughs> what can you do? Jesus in me. <laughs> Jesus in me. Jesus in me. I'm in Jesus. Jesus is in me. There are parts of our identity. 
You wonder why sometimes people go back to the world. Oh, they may have repented on the outside of their sin, but they never changed their identity. Oh, I'm sorry I did that. Yeah, but, but you haven't changed what you believe about yourself. See, you say, well, I want to be a one-woman man. I'm going to get married, and there's only going to be one woman. I'm going to be a one-man woman. I'm just as faithful in thought, mind, emotion, and affection. I will never wander or stray for anybody at even a moment on video, TV, or nothing. I am pure. I am all, and that's beautiful. But if, if you haven't made that your identity, See, if part of your identity is, yes, I'm following Jesus, but boy, I'm a sexy thing over here. And the, the girls just noticed me. I could have any of them I wanted. I just got to turn on the music and they are coming. Hey, brother, if you haven't died to that, someday it's coming after you. That temptress or that tempter will be there. Why? Because you said you're faithful, but you didn't put your old identity to death. You're carrying that old self because you liked how it made you feel. And Jesus said, you want to be my disciple? Kill that. I'm dead to that because I got a new identity. I am pure. I am clean. I am holy. I have eyes for no one but my beloved, and it will never change until I go to heaven in Jesus' name. That's my identity. It changes everything. Accept the gift of your new identity in Christ by faith. You see, if you read the New Testament, take the book of Ephesians, one-third of the New Testament, before he ever says anything is to say, do you know who you are? Do you know who you are? Do you know who you are? He says, don't even attempt the Christian walk if you don't know who you are. Do you know why there's something over 70 of these phrases in Christ? You are beloved in Christ. You are able to do all things in Christ. Again, in Christ is the cocoon where you become the butterfly. In Christ, in Christ. If you don't know who you are in Christ, can I tell you today, you are a new creation in Christ. Old things have passed away and all in your life is brand new. Do you believe that? In Christ. And what does that mean? You are not what people have done to you. You're not what you think about you. You've not what you've achieved. You are what Jesus Christ did for you on the cross. Now, Ephesians says it so beautifully. Look at, look at Ephesians 1, 3 to 5. I love this verse. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every, somebody say every, spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault. Can I tell you, you are holy and without fault in his eyes right now. There's no evidence that you're anything but perfect in the eyes of God if you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. God had decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. Zephaniah 3.17 says, the Lord your God is rejoicing over you. Uh, the, the one verse in Ephesians says, sitting in heavenly places. This is, I, I just love to say it. You know, here's how you get your new identity. You sit, you walk, and you stand. But first, you sit. 
In, in our life groups, we have what we call the hot seat. Somebody sits there and then we all just tell them how amazing they are. <laughs> well, God has a hot seat. And he wants you to sit every day and listen to who he says you are. I don't know if you know this, but God is gushing over you. That's what Zephaniah 3.17 says. He's not just saying, oh, there he is again. Okay, get in the car. He's staring at you. He's saying, oh my, look at my Linda. Look at my rod. His angels, quick, come over here. Isn't she amazing? See how brilliant she is. Do you see her authority? Do you see? She's got my robe of righteousness. Look at that. She can do all things. Can you believe? Look at him. He is a genius. Look at him. He has the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Look at her. And the angels say, I've seen it before, God. No. Look at my daughter. He's just gushing over you. And until you feel that favor, you'll still act like a slave or an orphan. You won't act like a daughter or a son. Stand up and just receive his love today. Not in just a minute, you're going to stand up, but it's literally. <laughs> Come into the spotlight of his love today and just soak. And then activate it. Renew your mind. And, and, I, and I just have a minute, but what I love about God telling Gideon, he says, now Gideon, he says, go in the strength you have. He doesn't just say, okay, Gideon, you're a mighty hero. Start singing, I'm a mighty hero and have everybody sign your picture. No. He says, now start acting like who you are. I call it walk in it. Don't just hear it. Don't just say, well, yes, I, yeah, the Bible says, you know, I can all, I could do all things through Christ. Okay, well, what are you going to do about it then? Gideon got an army together. Gideon tore down strongholds and Gideon charged 20,000 soldiers with only 300 on his side. He attempted what is only possible if what God says about him is true. He acted like a holy warrior. He, he awakened his faith. You see, an eaglet can stand all day and say, oh, I want to be an eagle. But an eaglet doesn't become an eagle until he gets knocked out of the nest and starts flying, right? God wants you to, by faith, begin to walk in your authority and your identity. One of the classic moments in my life was you know, I was trying to be a leader and I was always asking people for wisdom and all of this. And I had this mentor and it just is a very little thing. I said, well, what do you think I should do about this? And what do you think? And then all of a sudden, here were the words. Dale, I'm not going to tell you anything. You're smart. Go figure it out. Wait a second. But, but I got to learn. Tell me, tell me. No, 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 no. You're smart. I am? You're smart. And I sat down. And it started to come. See, I was trying to drink of everybody else's well. God said, drink of your well. It's in here, dude. Start making decisions. They're not going to all be right. But the more you do it in faith, the more wisdom's going to come out of you. Just start acting like a man, you know. Just start saying, yes, we're going to do this. And as I did that, it activated. And lastly, begin to make declarations. You know, Gideon... 
He didn't just believe it. He declared it. He said, when he faced the enemy, this is the army of the Lord. I I, I wish I could develop this more, but you you see it sometimes. If you ever want to be in your identity, you're going to have to fight for it because the devil's going to attack your identity more than anything in your life. He's going to tell you you're no good and you will never have your identity until you get in the devil's face. I was just thinking of all those movies. You might remember some of these. My name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. That's what I'm going to tell the devil today. Or my name is Maximus Decimus Meridus, commander of the armies of the north, commandos to full legions, father of a murdered son. Today, my vengeance will come. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm talking about? Where you stand and every day you begin to declare it. I know, devil, right now you're telling me I feel like quitting, but I am not a quitter. I am a conqueror in Jesus Christ. I am an overcomer, and I am putting you under my foot right now in Jesus' name. I will never be a victim again. I am a victor in Jesus Christ. And until you declare it, it's not real. It's like a police officer putting on the uniform. You got to put this thing on. The Bible says, put off the old self and put on who you are. Don't let yourself forget it. Just one last thing I wanted to show. Uh, We had this shape, you know, this shape seminar. And I told him, it's not enough to say I have a purpose. Declare your purpose. And then it'll become real. And I just wanted to show one clip of one person who, this is uh, James, and he's also got a great new haircut. But anyhow, James uh, just declared it. I just wanted to give you an example of that because I I was so proud of him for this. This is the calling Holy Spirit and I created during our Shape Seminar. I am a pastor who works as a nurse and who shepherds his patients, who sees, hears, knows, and values his patients and love them the way Jesus loves them, and thus loves them back to health spiritually, emotionally, and physically. I'm also a teacher of nurses who teaches them the ways of Jesus, how to live and love like Jesus, so they too can truly care for their patients. Would you stand to your feet? Let's just pray. I love what it says of Jesus in 1 Timothy. In the sight of God, Jesus gave the good confession. When he stood before Pilate, he would not back down. I am the Son of God, and you will see me coming in the clouds of heaven with the angels coming with me. I thank you, Lord, for our forerunner, Jesus, who has put upon us a new identity and a new name to live out. And as we close... I believe there's a couple of kinds of people here, and I don't want us to leave without making some decision so we didn't waste our time today. But one is is to just say, have you received the new identity? Jesus is offering you a puzzle. He's saying, here's who you are. Here's who you can be. Are you willing to put your old puzzle? And, And again, some of you say, well, well, Jesus is in my life. Oh yeah, he's just one of those pieces on the far right corner. But he's not in the middle of your puzzle. He's not what you live for. He doesn't define you yet. And today, Jesus wants to be the center of your life. Rich young ruler, would you give all of that up? At least in your heart, would you say, I am about Jesus. 
I am a follower of Jesus. That defines me. That completely says the way I think, the way I live, how I act. I am a follower of Jesus. And if you can't say that with full sincerity today, God wants you to pick up a new identity and to receive it into your heart. That's what it means to let Jesus be your Savior and Lord. It means, yes, He is what defines me in every area of my life. And if you're here today and you say, Pastor, I, I, I haven't done that yet, or, or I did that once and somehow Jesus has slipped to the side and I'm, I, I'm living a different identity now, but I want to come back. I want to put Jesus first. I want, to, I want to know who I am in Him. And I'm going to live, counting everything else but loss. I'm going to live the life and the person and the identity that Jesus died to give me. If that's what you feel, would you just raise your hand? Say, that's me today. Amen, amen, amen. And amen. Let's just pray all together. Can we pray this prayer? A prayer of saying, here's the offer. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if you are in Christ, you become a new person. Everything that's old passes away and everything becomes new. And if you're in agreement, that's what I choose. Would you pray out loud with me? Dear Lord Jesus, I receive my new identity. Jesus is in me. I receive Jesus. I am a follower of Jesus. The world's behind me. And Jesus is before me. I give up my ambitions and all of my own ways to let Jesus rule and reign. I am Jesus who you say I am. I can do what you say I can do because I'm defined what you did for me. Thank you for saving me, for forgiving me, for coming into my heart. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hallelujah. Just as one more prayer, and I'm going to ask our prayer teams, would you come forward? We want to bless. Many of you just need a prayer of blessing over your identity. We want to call out who you are. We're going to pray over you. And some of you are needing to make a big adjustment because you recognize there's a lot of rejection in your life or there's a lot of hurt and you've never lived up to who you could be. And you want to put that on the cross today. You want to say, I'm going to start new. I want, to, I want healing to my identity. We love to pray for you as well as for anything else. Please stay for that. The Lord bless you. Mighty warriors, go in Jesus' name and let his love shine to everyone you meet. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, everyone said amen. God bless you. Have a beautiful week. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Heart for the World Church Sermon Podcast. We hope that God's Word has inspired you today in a way that will boost your faith greatly. We want to encourage you to visit our website at hftw.church and follow us on our social media. May God bless you richly.